There's a woman living next to me Just trying to make ends meet She's just one check away From losing it all There's a broken man I know He's barely holding on to hope He's trying to get back up From his last fall And me So truthful in today's times, isn't it? Miss Betty Wells is going to bring us special now.
What was he doing here As he tried to explain All he knew was his name But it was late And beginning to rain So I asked him about the place Where he lived He remembered the old church Where the big cross was lit Then his eyes opened wide And he said with a smile If you can get me to the cross I can find my way home Show me the cross And I'll find my way home Show me the cross And I'll know where to go When I'm there beneath the cross I'm no longer lost Show me the cross And I'll find my way home There was a lonely old pathway I had walked It was far from familiar And I found myself lost But I remember the place Where I first saw his face I cried, Lord, get me to the cross And I can find my way home Show me the cross And I'll find my way home Show me the cross And I'll know where to go When I'm there beneath the cross I'm no longer lost Show me the cross And I'll find my way home When I'm there beneath the cross I'm no longer lost Show me the cross And I'll find mercy. Man, I'm ready to preach. Galatians chapter 1. Isn't God good? 
I'm glad that everybody's here today, but most of all, I'm glad the Lord's in this place today, and I'm glad His presence is here, and I'm glad that sweet Holy Spirit is here. Thank you, ladies, for letting the Lord use you in a mighty way in song this morning. The choir, it's all been wonderful. While you're turning to Galatians 1, I do want to mention this. Please come tonight. Uh, a few weeks ago, our church voted uh, to ordain another deacon in our church, Brother Alan Whited. Uh, the church voted a few weeks ago to ordain him. Uh, we haven't had a time to talk to him and and allow the church to hear his heart. And so he's going to be here tonight uh, for this. We're going to preach on what God expects of deacons and what we should expect from the Bible of what a deacon ought to be. So please be here for this. 5 o'clock BTC by 545 is church service. Be here for this. You pray for him and his family as they seek the Lord and uh, God has been working in that in a mighty way. So y'all remember him and his family also right after church tonight. Junior high and high school is going to have a time of food and fellowship over at my house. That will be right after service to about 9.30, 10 o'clock tonight. So y'all be sure to be here for this. Uh, y'all ready? Is God good? Y'all smile. Isn't God good? He's worthy to smile. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Galatians 1, verse 1 through verse 5. The Apostle Paul is writing to the the saved people, the church of Galatia. And it says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father, who raised Him from the dead, and all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you, and peace from our God, from God the Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for our sins, that He might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word. Lord, I need Your help at this time. Lord, I, I, I seek You. Lord, I don't want to preach it my way, but I want to preach it Your way. I don't want my words to be said. I want Your words to be said. Lord, we need to hear from heaven today. Lord, I pray souls will be saved in this place. Lord, I pray that the saved will be drawn closer to You. Open our hearts to the reading of Your Word, Lord. I pray that our hearts will be soft and pliable. And God, I pray that we would leave this place different than how we walked in it. Lord, every one of us is not perfect. Every one of us is a sinner, Lord. And I pray that every one of us would go to that cross, Lord. We would survey our life and our hearts, and we would give it to You. Lord, change us today. Lord, save souls in this place today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. He may be seated. The title of the sermon this morning is in the form of the question. The question that I want to ask you today, who is sending you? Who is sending you. We find in the letter to this church of Galatia that Paul is getting this out. The very first thing that he says in this letter, basically, is who he is. He is uh, letting this church know who is sending him. He is letting this church know what his purpose in life is all about. You see, Paul was a disciple. A disciple was one who walks in the footsteps of Jesus. A disciple is a follower. If you want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, then you are a disciple. What do I become after I get saved, preacher? You become a disciple. Once you've been saved, you need to follow Jesus in every step of the way. 
whether you've been saved two years or 20 years or 40 years, you need to follow in the footprints of Jesus Christ. You don't follow in the steps of man. You follow in the steps of Jesus Christ. He was a disciple. Child of God, you need to be a disciple. You need to follow Jesus in every decision in your life. Everything that you're going through, you do it the Bible way. You do it the Jesus way. You do it His way this morning. If you've been saved, you follow Him. But Paul was at another step. You see, there was 13 men that became apostles, and of course, only 12 of them really counted, if you will. But 13 men called to be an apostle. These men, this was a special privilege. This was something that not every man had received. An apostle was one who was sent with a commission, a representative, or an ambassador. And if you want to be technical about it, we're all apostles in some extent. Not to the extent that Paul was. But at the end of the day, we're all representatives of Jesus Christ. We're all disciples. We're all following Jesus. But we are to be an ambassador of Him. We are to be a representative of Him. Hadn't you been given a commission? Hadn't you been commissioned by Jesus Christ to go and to teach and to make disciples? I want you to know that we're all here on a commission. We're all here as representatives. But Paul was a little different. He had an authority that I don't have today. You say, well, why Why was his authority different? He had the authority to heal. He had the authority to go to, to the hospitals and shut the hospitals down. He had the authority to go heal the sick. And you say, well, why did he have that authority and we don't? Because this right here was not completed then. And when he went in and to get the power of God, he went and healed. Today, we go and we give this right here. Because the power of God is seen through the miracles, but it's also seen through the Word of God. Amen? I don't have to go to perform a miracle so the power of God can be revealed and seen. The power of God is seen right here. And the reason that those miracles and that authority they had was so important is because this was in part. But the Bible said that which is in part is made whole. Those things, tongues and miracles and those things, would be done away with because now we don't need those things to see the power of God because we can see the power of God right here. Is God still working? Amen. Is God still using people? Amen. But friend, we don't need those apostles like we have today, or like they had in that day. Today people come up and they say, well, i got the power to heal you. No man has the power to heal anybody. The power is in the hands of God. Amen. The power and the authority to heal is in the authority of God. Understand that if a man wants to show you who God is, he can use this right here. That man, what a, what a testimony, what a witness. Paul was a man that was focused. Paul was a man of purpose. He woke up every day not confused of who he was or who he belonged to. Let me tell you something. He was not ashamed to be classified as a Christian and a child of the King. May I tell you in the day in which he lived, if you told somebody you were a follower of that one called Jesus, you could lose your life. But everywhere he went, he said, I'm a child of the King. He knew who he was. Child of God, I think sometimes we lose the sight of who we are. 
Child of God, you remember who you belong to today. You remember who's called you. You remember who's made you and saved you. Don't be ashamed to be a child of the King. Paul told the Romans, said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. It seemed like sometimes we're so ashamed to be classified as one of them Jesus people. It's okay to be one of them Jesus people today, okay? It's alright to go somebody and say, hey, my name's Josh and I'm a child of the King. And that's what Paul did to the church. That's what Paul did to everybody. In a day that it wasn't popular, he was not scared to let people know who he belonged to. Let me tell you something, we live in a world that is not popular anymore. Don't be ashamed to tell the world who you belong to. May I tell you, he was a man of purpose. He knew who he was and he knew what he was to do. Every day he woke up with purpose and drive. Every day it was the same thing over and over and over again. I love when he said in Romans 1.15, So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. He knew what he was to do every day. That was to get up and go share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was to go out and make disciples. He didn't get up and say, I wonder what I'm going to do today. He didn't get up and say, well, I wonder if I'm going to follow Jesus today. He had purpose in his life. He got up. He had his eyes on Jesus. He got up and he went to work for the Lord every single day. Let me tell you something. This Christianity thing, getting a half-time, part-time job, it's a full-time job. And Paul was a man of purpose. Child of God, you need to be a child of God of purpose. You need to remember who you are and what you are to be doing. I think sometimes we lose focus. We need to remember that we're a child of the King. And our job is to go out and tell everybody how great and how loving that He is. We are to go and make disciples. That is our purpose. That is our drive. So many times as God's people we think, well, what is our purpose? We don't know what to do. Aren't you glad that God gave us a purpose? We're not here just to fiddle around. We're not here to fiddle our fingers. We're here with a purpose. What is that purpose? To go make disciples. Go and teach and baptize to all nations. That is our job, child of God. We need to get focused on the purpose. Let me tell you something. What a privilege it is to serve the King. What a privilege. The question I have, who is sending you? Number one, notice what Paul said. Paul, an apostle. That's his first statement. An apostle. Notice what he said. Number one, not of men. Not of men. Who's sending you? Paul said, not man. I'm an apostle, but not an apostle of man. May I tell you that the apostle Paul lived in a day that lived in a nation that controlled all of their citizens. Number one, he was living under this Roman rule. And in that day, the leaders and, and all those that are in authority, Caesar, they wanted to have full control of their citizens. They wanted every citizen under their rule and reign to hearken to their voice, okay? And this man was living in this day and age where Rome ruled everything. And Caesar wanted his people to bow down to him. He wanted everybody to bow down. He wanted to be the Lord. He wanted to be God. He wanted to be ruler. Okay, And Paul lived in that day where if you didn't do that, you could lose your life. 
May I tell you, there's still countries today that have dictators that they think their people need to bow down to them. And they, they want to rule and guide and lead their, their, their people and they want to have that ultimate authority. Paul said, not me. He said, I am not an apostle of the Roman government. I am not an apostle or a man that is of men. Although there is leadership roles in our in our life that we need to listen to, understand they have their place. And Paul said, I will not be led and guided by the Roman government. I will not give my life and dedicate it to the Roman government. Although I respect them, I'm going to give Caesar what is Caesar's. But there's a place and there's a point that I'm not going to listen to the federal government. Basically, Paul's saying this, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ first, regardless of what the Roman government has to say about it. Regardless if the Roman government put stipulations that I can't preach by the way they did. I don't care what the Roman government says, I'm an apostle of Jesus, not of man. I don't care what the government says. It's Jesus first. Let me tell you something. Praise God we live in America. Praise God we still live in a country that we can worship Jesus Christ. But there may come a day that these rules and these laws come to us. He's simply saying, listen, my life is not based on the Roman government. It's based on Jesus Christ and Him alone. Number one, the Roman government. Number two, this is what he had to do with the Jews. Religion. Judaism. I want you to look here. I want you to look over here in verse 13. If you're with me, say Amen. Look over in verse 13. He said, For ye have heard my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it, and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. Not only did... The, the government tried to control him, but the church did. Judaism, religion, tried to control him. Religion tried to control and dictate the service and devotion and worship of the Apostle Paul. This religion was so burdensome to the people. And I want you to know that you are to give your heart and life to Jesus and not to some religion. Understand that he had this group of people that was supposed to be of God that dictated everything that Paul was to do. And he said, listen, I am an apostle, not of men. I will not give my ministry to the nation and I'm not going to give it to this religion. Religion is not going to control me. Religion and tradition said that he was to do this and do that and do this and do that. And let me tell you something, as missionary Baptists, we got tradition coming out of our ears. We got tradition in every corner. Tradition should never lead us. Tradition should never trump in our life. Jesus first. Amen? But we ain't never done it that way, preacher. That's okay. That's all right. Amen? Boy, it got quiet in here now. But it's all right because we're not to live our life according to man. But man says, it don't matter what man says. It don't matter what religion says. It doesn't matter what traditions say. It doesn't matter what yesterday says. It matters what Jesus is telling us. And if you're going to be a child of God, you better be a child of God, not of man. And let me tell you something. Religion is not everything. Religion cannot take the place of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Understand this today. 
I love this assembly. I love it and I praise God for it. But it's not everything. It's you and Jesus first. You better not be led and guided by just the church and just religion and by tradition. You better be led by Jesus Christ. Not only was it the government, not only was it religion, but what about Christians? What about family? The Bible says there that he waited three years before he went to Jerusalem. The church of Jerusalem had heard that that one called Saul had been saved. And he could have ran down there and got his seminary training. But no, he didn't do that. The Lord kept him away for three years. The Lord sending people to, to lead him and guide him into the truth of Jesus Christ. He could have run down there to the church and got the church's approval. He didn't need the church's approval. He had the approval of Jesus Christ. Listen to me now. This is getting difficult here. Christians have their place. They have their opinions. Everybody has opinions, don't they? The opinion of Christ is before every opinion in the world. It does not matter. It does not matter what your family or your friends or your church thinks first. All that matters is what Jesus thinks, number one. Now, I want to share an illustration. Now, I want to be as respectful as I can. But a turning point in my ministry, and please listen, a turning point in my ministry is I was six months into preaching there in Texas. And one of them good old deacons that knew everything got me after church one day, and we were in a deacon's meeting. And he ripped me up one way or the other, and he got on everything that I had preached. He got on everything that I had done. And there I was, six months, 21 years old, just a baby, and there he was tearing me down. And there I was, I had given my soul to it, I had preached, I thought what was right. And here this man comes in, don't you be preaching this, don't you be saying that, don't you be doing this, and don't you be doing that. It scared me to death. You know what I did? I kept my mouth shut and I took it. Because if I opened my mouth, I'd have lost my testimony that day. So I kept my mouth shut and I took the chewing. And I went home and I bawled my eyes out. God's people can be some of the meanest sometimes. And I bawled my eyes out. And I thought, Jesus, here I am trying to serve You. And here He was talking to me like a dog. What am I to do? So I prayed. And I read my Bible. That was a turning point in my ministry. I didn't know that until several years ago. And I got down to this. Am I going to please that man? Or am I going to please Jesus? And if I please that man, I'm going to have to sacrifice the Word. I'm going to have to sacrifice God's will. And I'm going to have to sacrifice the things of the Lord. If I preach and pastor to make you happy, I'm not going to be the preacher that God wants me to be. If I preach and pastor of what Jesus Christ wants of me, then I will be that man that God wants me to be for you and your life. And I know that I don't always say the right things. And I know I may not always be the most popular. But at the end of the day, if Jesus Christ is pleased with what is done in my life, that's all that matters. Let me tell you something. Don't you dedicate your life to pleasing people. You dedicate your life to pleasing Jesus. His opinion ought to be first. His view, everything that He is ought to be first in your life. May I tell you today, who cares what the public says? Who cares what the public thinks as long as Jesus is happy? Oh man, I've heard it. Oh preacher, man, them deacons are mad at me. Who cares? They're not God. (laughs) 
Hey, who cares if the church is happy or mad? They're not God. There's one God. There's one Savior, and His name is Jesus. Man, may I tell you, your life should not be of man. Notice what He said in verse 1. Neither by man. Neither by man. Notice what He said in verse 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul understood this, that man did not create him. Man did not save him. Man did not redeem him. Man did not call him to service. Man did not give him a place in the kingdom of God. It was not man that was there with him in the prison at the midnight hour. It was not man that stood by him in that storm. If you remember going to Rome and that great storm that came, he said, this day the angel of God stood beside me. It was not man that was there. The thorn in the flesh, it was not man that got that thorn out. It was Jesus Christ. Of every turning point in the life of Paul, it was not man that helped him, nor saved him, nor got him through it. He understood that what he had was because of the grace of an Almighty God. And who he was was not because man got him there, but because God got him there. May I tell you, He dedicated His life for Jesus because it was Jesus that dedicated His life for Him. Understand that Paul knew that it was not man that saved him nor redeemed him, and it would not be man that judged him. And Paul had an understanding. Man will not be there when I have to face Jesus. Now if you listen to anything, you listen to this right here. And all your friends and family that think they're dictators in your life, you listen. you got to answer to one, and His name's Jesus. And when you stand before Jesus, all of these men and friends and everybody, they're not going to be there. When you're in the courtroom of God, it's you and God. Are you with me today? Who cares what our neighbor thinks? Amen? If you're serving Jesus and Jesus is happy, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. But my, but my family's not happy. Is Jesus happy? Your family's not going to stand by there when you have to face God. And God says, why didn't you do this? And they're not going to say, well, God, I'll speak up on His behalf. They won't be there. They won't be allowed there. When you get to the judgment seat of Christ, it's you and God. You know what? It ought to be you and God right now. It ought to be you and God right now. Man, we're so busy called up pleasing people and pleasing this one and pleasing that one. What does the King think today? What does Jesus think? I will not live my life of man, neither by man, but blessed be the name of God, but by Jesus. And by Jesus Christ, the Father. Let me tell you something. I told somebody this week. Everywhere you go, God is good. God's love. God, God, God. And that's great. But the Jews call out to the same God. So does Islam. May I tell you, you can talk about God without talking about Jesus. But you can't talk about Jesus without talking about the Father. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Man, that's an offensive name. Man, that hurts a lot of feelings today. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's the most powerful name that I know. It's the greatest name in all the world. I want you to look in Philippians. If you're with me, say Amen. Oh, don't lose me. Philippians 1. 
In verse 21, you know it. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. If you live, don't you live according to man, but you live according to Jesus. And you dedicate your life for Him. Everybody's got a God. Amen? People say, well, that ain't going to be my God. Everybody's got a God. And He's not everybody's God, but He ought to be. Everybody's got a God. You've dedicated your life to somebody or something. Won't you dedicate it to Jesus? He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you're going to live, you live for Jesus. You live a life full of purpose. You live a life driven to please Jesus Christ and Him alone. There are people in insane asylums today because they spent their life trying to please their neighbor and everybody around them. Seek to please one, and that one called Jesus. Look in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. Oh Lord, bless it. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He understood nothing mattered in this whole world except Him and Jesus. Him and Jesus. Notice verse 9. And be found in Him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is God by faith, that I may know Him, and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Listen now. Not as though I would already attained. Either were already perfect, but I follow after. That I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Listen now. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Child of God, your life will never be fulfilled until you dedicate it to Jesus. So many times it's not dedicated to Jesus because it's dedicated to somebody else or something else. Whatever is standing in that way, it would do you well to get it out of the way. And dedicate Jesus, number one. He's worthy. He's worthy. Y'all still awake on me? Y'all wake up. He's worthy. He's worthy. Let Him be number one. Preacher, what is so-and-so going to think? Who cares? What is God going to think? What does He think about your life? Isn't He awesome? Isn't He a loving God? Living a life dedicated to pleasing man is absolutely miserable. You will never be fulfilled in your life. You live your life to please opinions, you will be miserable. Preacher, you need to preach this way. Preacher, you need to preach that way. You need to do this. You... I love y'all, but I don't care. I love y'all, and I respect y'all's opinion. But there ain't but one. 
that we're here to please. And I pray that it's that way in your heart and your life. But what if I don't have any friends? you got one that's sticking closer than a brother. But what if I lose everybody? I promise you, you will not lose when you give it to Jesus. But you will gain. What's it going to take for you to get them false gods out of the way and say, Jesus, you're going to be number one. Quit worrying about what people... I'm so sick of talking. Well, I quit going to church there because of so-and-so. Shame on us. You ought to go to promised land because of Jesus Christ. Jesus ought to have the preeminence and the priority of our life. Jesus ought to be the center point of our focus and our drive and our desire. What's it going to be today? You're tired of living for man? Give it to Jesus. I've made a lot of decisions, Brother Allen, and I've regretted a lot of things. But I've never regretted the day. 2004, August 17th. I got saved when I was 13, but I got real with Jesus when I was 20. And I said, Lord, here it is. I've regretted a lot of decisions, but that day, and I said, you know what? It's not going to be a man, neither by man. It's going to be by Jesus. Let's stand very quiet, very reverent. Whatever your decision needs to be this morning, you make that. God's in this place. The Holy Spirit is working in a mighty way. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. And while she plays, would you all come? The altars are open. If you need to be saved, come. If you have a decision to make, come. Come now.